Would you stand this morning? We praise you, Lord.
song it just makes you want to sing it over and over about that's who God is aren't you thankful that we know who he is he lives in our hearts every day let's praise him one more time thank you Lord today for your love to us thank you Jesus thank you Jesus you may be seated for just a moment we have just a few announcements today you know Christmas is coming and we're going to decorate here at the church and this Friday and Saturday at 10 o'clock, uh, Sister Angel Bashir is one that's leading this and helping us. And she's going to be here. And we're going to ask all of anyone that wants to sign up with her to come and decorate and help with the decorations inside and outside. So you'll want everything to be beautiful. And remember to do that uh, today before you leave. Let Angel know that you'll be here Friday or Saturday to help her. And then also we want to thank all of you who are relatively new for being here again today. And then if you're visiting for your first time, we're glad to have you. And we want to invite you to please come to the choir room, which is over to your left, out that door in the choir room. After the service is over, immediately following the service today, we have a, uh, some refreshments. We'd like for you to be able to get acquainted with our pastor and all of our staff. And so we would want to meet you and just bring your family and come on into the choir room where we can have a time of fellowship. That'll be good, and you can enjoy and find out about who's doing what here at church. This coming Tuesday is a special day. Most all of you know it's Veterans Day. And we always say thank you to our veterans, and you're seated this morning. So we'll ask all of those that served in the armed forces of our nation at some time or other, or if you had a loved one that served, would you stand all over the building today so we can thank you and congratulate you, some up in the choir. Thank you for serving our nation. We appreciate you. Thank you, and God bless you for all that you have done for our nation. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you. And uh, so we want to welcome you this morning. It's, it's just so good to be able to go to the early service if you want to come early at 830 or then stay for Sunday school or come for the Sunday school hour. You need to be in a Sunday school class if you're not coming and you can. It's wonderful to spend an hour studying the word, how God loves us and how we can be a better witness as we study the word. So we have Great time in our Sunday school class. Please remember those at 9.30. And then here we're here at the morning service, and we're ready to worship the Lord. So if you'll just, uh, everyone that's a member or regular tender, if you'll just stand at this time. And you that are our visitors today, would you remain seated? And there's going to be someone come down the aisle with a packet and give you some information, some of you that need it, and uh, you can look and see what the church is all about. Fill out the card and drop it in the offering plate when it comes around momentarily. And now what you want, we want the rest of you to do is stand with us and let's get out and shake hands and greet one another and give the, everybody a God bless you. And I have a set of keys found in the ladies' restroom. Ladies, check your keys. They'll be in the welcome center if you don't claim them. Okay? Thank you.
got a made up heart and I'm going to praise you <laughs> Lord I'm going to praise you I've got a made up mind I've got a made up heart oh Lord and I'm going to praise you going to 
praise you, Lord. Lord, I'm going to praise you. I praise your name.
As you hold the elements of communion in your hands this morning, the Bible instructs us to remember. As a church, in a culture, and a society where we live, many times and often it's easy to get caught up in the formalities, the rituals, and to forget what it's all really about. For he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. How many of you remember this morning that it's about Jesus? We've come here to get today, and we've gathered together in his presence. You look nice, but I didn't come for you. You've been real nice, but I didn't come for that fellowship. I came to honor him and to give him praise, to give him glory. To thank him that he's kept me. When the floods of this life and the fires and the trials and troubles have come my way, my faith in Almighty God has stood and helped me to break through in victory every time. Thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph. 
I am a victor in him. Amen? How many of you have victory already? So as we hold the elements of communion today, Jesus instituted this over 2,000 years ago in an upper room where he was contemplating what would be in front of him in the next couple of hours. And he looked into their eyes and he took bread and he broke it. He gave thanks and he looked at them and he says, this bread represents my body, which is broken for you. He said, as often as you'll eat this bread, I want you to remember what I've done for you. How many of you are thankful that Jesus came to earth as a man, lived a sinless life, sacrificed and gave his life as he took on all of the sin of the entire world? Who knew over 2,000 years ago when the guards were knocking him back and forth and beating him down? Who knew that he would be carrying the sins of 2014 on his shoulders? My sin, your sin. Paul writing in Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 24 begins and says, And when he had given, he talked about that night. When he had given thanks, he broke the bread and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. He went on to talk about the cup, and then he said, let a man examine himself before he goes any further with this little act of memorializing what he's done. So for just a moment, would you bow your heads with me, and wherever you are in your heart with God, before we take communion, I want this to be blessing over your life, health to you and strength to you, and believe it, the word is a living his presence is living, and this is no useless or worthless act. This is a powerful sacrament of power in your life. Examine your own heart, as David said. Is there any wicked way in me, Lord? And then he took the bread. And he ate. Remembering what he did for us through his body. After the same manner, he took the cup. When he was done, he said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, amen. Dear Lord Jesus, we honor you this morning and we thank you for the sacrifice that you made. It wasn't just a man who died on the cross. Lord, you took on all of the iniquity and the transgression of the world, past, present, and future. You took all of our sin. Lord, mine alone would have been heavy enough, but multiplied by millions and billions of people. Lord, who can even estimate the sorrow, the grief, 
We praise you and we honor you, almighty God, who left and abandoned your throne that you might dwell among your people to show them the kind of love that would not condemn them but would save them. We thank you. You are the superhero of all heroes. You are the king of all kings. You are the Lord of all lords, and we honor you in this house this morning. We've come for no other purpose and no other plan. There is no other design for this service but to give you honor and to give you praise, to give you worship, to lift up your holy name that all men might be drawn unto you. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We honor you today in communion as we remember what you have done for us. And Lord, so take every song, take every scripture, take every word that is spoken, every prayer that is prayed. Let it be weighed, Lord, in our own desire to submit, to lay our lives down, to deny ourselves, to follow you, and to take up our own cross. In Christ's name, and everyone said amen. Amen. What can wash? Away my sin, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Yes. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh.
the peace that passes all I understand. Cover me. Cover me. When I am hurting, Lord, cover me. Cover me. All seems hopeless. No, it seems hopeless, Lord. Cover me. God wants to give peace to somebody here. Hallelujah. Somebody came in this morning all messed up. And God wants to touch you right now. Peace of God. Cover me through the storm. Through the storm.
cover my family, Lord. Cover me, cover me, cover me. presence of the Lord is here in a wonderful way. Young man came down and got saved this morning already. Praise the Lord. That, that ladies and gentlemen is why we turned on the lights. That's why we came here today. The presence of the Lord is here and I, I feel that there's still needs in this house and so very quickly as some have come forward, a lady came forward tell us about the wonderful miracle that God has done in touching her daughter. Many of you, how many of you would say God has answered prayers? I've had answered prayers. Look at that all around the room, the testimonies. How many others of you would say today, you know, preacher, I, I need God to do something in my life, in my family's life. Look around. Lots and lots of folks, we need that. We're agreeing together. The Bible says if we'll agree in prayer right now, we'll see miracles take place we'll see it happen i believe there's enough power of god here today to recreate the whole world all over again i believe he's here in great fashion and he can do anything nothing is too hard for god and i believe that right now i'm believing and i feel instructed that there's going to be faith ignited in this house right here so you better get ready if you've got faith to believe not in the church and not in a preacher not in that, but if you've got faith in Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made at Calvary, Praise then you are ready for that miracle in your own life. I want you right now to lift up your hands to the Lord and call out that In the name of Jesus, we believe you, Lord, and we thank you for the moving of your spirit in this place. We're not just caught up in religion. We're not just a church going through the motions. We believe that you are high and lifted up and on your throne. We believe that you're alive and well and that you will hear the cries of your people. As your servant David said, I cried unto the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me out of all of my troubles. God, we call unto you. We give you every heart. We give you every set of lungs and we give you our bodies physically. We ask you to minister to broken hearts and homes. I ask you to put men and women who are estranged back together in a marriage that you have fired up all over again. I pray, God, for healing. 
for children and their parents' relationships. I'm praying, God, for promotion on the job, for finances to be taken care of. Some have come in heavy today because of the financial burden on their lives. I pray that, God, you will be the God of provision and that you will meet every need in their life. We thank you for this. Our faith is strong. Our resolve is sure that every promise of God is sure and amen, that you are a God who keeps his word. We thank you as we come to you now. Now we are thankful. Now we give you praise. Now we offer up thanksgiving in this house because you are a God of great mighty power. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Would you help me to praise him, to honor him, to lift up his name? He's here in this house this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Wow, I felt like we're having church this morning. The Spirit of the Lord is here. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Todd Taylor. My wife, Ron, and I have been called to be missionaries to Paraguay. And uh, several of you have asked how we're doing and pretty much why we haven't gone yet. <laughs> Fair questions. But uh, I want to give you a little bit of update of where we are. I'm going to start at the end and then back up because we just received a message from Church of God World Missions that we are official missionaries. Wow, that felt good to say. My wife was working at a bank, and the Lord said, you quit your job at the bank. You go to nursing school, and I'll take care of it. And he did. And during that process, he called us to the mission field. She graduated. We took a trip to the to the mission where the Lord called us to go. While we were there, we went to a, visit a hospital. We met with the director of their nursing school. She couldn't speak a word of English. And between Ron and I, we actually had a conversation in Spanish with her about working in Paraguay. She said, you just send us your work history. Well, she didn't have any because she didn't have a job yet. And that hospital in Paraguay was a Seventh-day Adventist hospital. And then when she got back, she was looking for work and couldn't find a job. And she finally got a job at Southview with Kettering. And Kettering is also a Seventh-day Adventist hospital. She had a two-year commitment with that hospital. That commitment is up in February. And what that means is that the door has been closed for that two years. And I've learned a long time ago... If the Lord closes the door, do not kick it. So we were kind of waiting. I was going to go ahead and leave, go to the mission field, and then when she got finished, she would catch up to me. And then uh, someone I have a lot of respect for, said, the Lord told me to tell you, don't separate. You go together. 
And the Lord confirmed that in my spirit. So at that point, it was hands off. We just got to wait. And I can tell you this morning that the door that's been closed is now open. It's time to run. It's time for us to get there. And I want to tell you this morning, thank you for those of you who have been supporting us, who've been taking care of us. For those of you who's been carrying us, my wife has been a part of this church since she was 10 years old. And you grew her up. We love our church. When I look at these TV preachers a lot of times, for over the years, I would hear them talk about you're our partner and be a partner and how important partners are. And I'd always roll my eyes. But when I think about partners, I think about you. Because you're going with us. Because you've been a part of us. Now I understand what they mean when they talk about partners. Because we couldn't be doing any of this without you. None of this would happen without you. And so I come to say thank you this morning. Carrie, we've come a long way since that little skating rink in Germantown, haven't we? <laughs> we were about 13 years old or so back in those days. A long time ago. <laughs> He's brought us a long way. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for caring about us. It's about time to go. And now it's time for us to pray for the peace of Israel. That the Lord would keep his hand on them. Their enemies are growing. And the Lord's told us, pray for the peace of Israel. Let's pray. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. We pray for your chosen ones. We pray for your people, Lord, that you would give them peace. That you would give them strength and protection against those who want to destroy them. That, Lord, you would watch over them. That you would make yourself real to them. That they would know who it is that is their protector that is their guide, that is watching over them. For Lord, when we look through the scriptures and we see how you took care of Israel, the story of Israel is the story of us. When we want to see how you care for us, all we have to do is look at how you take care of them. And Lord, we pray for their peace right now. I pray, Lord, that you would give them a safe zone inside their borders, that they could live in peace and harmony. And Lord, I pray that you'd make yourself real. We give you all the praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Todd. And thank you for being a part of helping them. They are our first ever um, sent out official missionaries out of our church. Um, years and years back, there was another missionary. Uh, you might know him. Uh, Ingram. What was his name, Betty? J.H. Ingram. One of the most famous Church of God missionaries in our denomination, in our movement. And uh, he got saved at the old Clayton Street Church. And uh, God has always blessed this church for its love for missions. And as you give today, we'll be giving towards missions as well. And had the Lord to lay something on my heart. I don't know exactly all the details as of now, but I do know it's an emergency 911 kind of need. 
And we are a church that, that I feel is mandated to respond to these type of things. On the news this morning and last evening, I heard about the fire um, that happened in Middletown. Is anyone aware of what I'm talking about? 32 families are left homeless in Middletown um, because of a fire last night in an apartment complex. So I don't know all the details at this point. I just know that I'm going to search out and my staff will any and every way that we can be a part of helping these 32 families. How many of you think, no, that's the right thing to do? So we're going to do that today. And so I'm going to ask you in your offering that you will give towards that. Um, we will designate our funding for um, whatever organizations and we'll, we'll search that out and find out where that is and, and we'll get a hold of them. In a okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Definitely want to find out all the information that we possibly can. There's a lot of hurting people this morning as we go into the holidays. This is certainly something. Let's pray for them. And let's do a little more than just pray. Let's put faith behind that and let's give today for them. I'd like to thank all of you for today. I also want to thank all of our veterans who are here today. Um, as we had them stand, I want to tell you how important it is that we honor you in this service. We thank you for what you've given and done for our country, how you served in wars and you've given your life to, uh, man, just be, to sacrifice and to give everything for our country and for the freedom that we have this morning. We honor you and we bless you. Could you one more time thank, you, thank every veteran, man, woman in this house who has served in the military. Amen. Our ushers are coming to serve you. And as they come, I would also like to thank everyone for the massive undertaking last weekend. With the weather as the way it was on Saturday, I had no idea what was going to happen on Sunday. But I praise God for sunshine. And I praise God for lots of people. They said over 2,000 people were on campus. It was jam-packed. And we had a wonderful time. I met tons of new families Love doing that. And to boot it all, 12 people got saved last Sunday morning in the service. We honor God. We thank the Lord for that. And it was a wonderful outreach event. It isn't an outreach of all outreaches. It's one way to be used to show the love of Christ. There are many, many other ways that we're investigating. And we want to do what we can in our community. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you, we thank you for this opportunity to worship you with our gifts. I pray that you will touch every family, every heart, every life who trusts you and is leaning hard on your provision for their needs. As we give today, we pray that it'll go to meet the needs of those who've gone through a terrible tragedy. We ask you to use us today, Lord, not just to give an offering, but to meet a need. I pray that you'll guide us and direct us in wisdom to the right place where there is proficient help and, and that, God, it's something that, that we can feel that we're a part of doing a great thing for these folks. We ask your comfort to be with them. We ask, Lord, your strength and your miracle power to be with them. They need you today. And, Lord, we pray for every family. We pray for every son and daughter. 
We pray for all of them, God, that your love will guide them through the difficult days that lie ahead and use Stratford Heights in any way that we can be used, God, to help them. In Christ, your name we pray. Amen.
We'll go on and give him good praise this morning. Hallelujah. 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 You know, hallelujah is a, a universal term. They understand it in Chinese, Taiwanese. They understand it in Australian. They understand it in Kentucky. All around the world, everyone understands what the word hallelujah was, what it means. They say it differently. I've been to Bulgaria, or no, Belgium and was walking in Belgium in the church. You hear them say hallelujah. It's different in different places, but it means the same thing. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God. All praise, all honor, the highest praise to him. He's worthy of our praise this morning, isn't he? Can you hardly wait till we stand around the throne of God? You think it's loud now? You think us holy rollers over here at Stratford Heights that we dance a little too much? We get a little too excited? You wait till you stand in there. You wait till the number of them is 10,000 times 10,000. And thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the lamb that was slain. When he is in our, right there in our view, and I'm trying to get through that crowd, I promise you, I'm going to be singing it out. I'm going to be dancing. I'm going to be shouting. I can't hardly wait till I get there. I love it. I love it. When people, where are you? Carlos, man, raise up your hand, Carlos. There you are. That young man, don't you just love him? That guy loves God. He worships God. Man. You make me, you make me feel like I got to go repent. You're awesome. Love you, brother. If you would stand with me for the reading of God's word, I have 16 minutes. Oh, we did something wrong today, didn't we? <laughs> no, the power, the presence of the Lord has been here in a great way. We close out right now. We'd say we have been in the presence of God. It's been wonderful. First Kings chapter 8 verse 56. I'm going to go in high speed motion because I got something to say to you this morning. Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. I didn't even hear one amen. Won't you say that out loud with me? According to all that he promised. See, you don't know where I'm going, but I do. I know what that means to me this morning. Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. Not one word has failed of all his good promise, which he promised through Moses, his servant. He looked at Joshua and he said, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with you. How many of you know this morning the promises of God are as sure in this moment as the very first hour that he ever spoke them? They're as sure in this hour as they've ever been. They're alive and they are for you. And if God be for you, then who can be against you? I, I feel like preaching today. It feels good up here, Thomas. It feels hot up here. Oh, the blood never loses its power. And the promises don't either. 
Father, we ask your blessings on your word. Challenge us in the next few moments. And Lord, put me in super turbo drive and anoint what is only you and kick the rest out. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Have you ever thought about the fact that the Bible is filled with promises? I mean, it, it is a book that's not just about history. It's not just about, you know, stories. And, and it's not even just about our faith. It's filled with promises. Talk about God wanting to make himself known. I mean, you put it out there when you make a promise. You put it out there. I mean, there are, it's been said that there are over 30,000 promises in the Bible. Others have come along and said there's 10,000. Others say there's 7,000. But ultimately, it comes back to this. Only one I really need is for God so loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes on him should not perish but. Amen. That's the only one I really need. But I got 29,000 more, 999 promises of God. God has often in his word challenged his people to try him, prove him, test him, trust him. He wants us to understand and know that his promises are there because he wants interaction with his people. Long gone are the days, I hope, in this church where we ever feel like we have this, this long, far distant relationship with the creator. He is an ever-present help in the times of trouble. And he's a God who says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He is an awesome and mighty God, full of glory and power. He's a God that's here this morning. If you believe that, say amen. But promises, these promises, that's all. I couldn't, I couldn't think about anything else. I had prepared, actually, another message. Had it wrapped up real pretty and nice. And the Lord led me in this direction. I got so excited about it, I had to completely move in this direction the promises of God the promises that touch our lives promises are like the smell of apple pie when you're coming into mama's house you know what I mean a promise is you getting a hold of the promise before it actually comes I smell that apple pie and when I smell that I know something good's coming I used to walk into my grandma's house and and I'd I'd get close to her house, I'd be up walking the path and I'd get onto the patio and I'd, I'd start smelling soup, beans, and cornbread. I knew it. I didn't know, I mean, I didn't, she didn't call me on the phone and tell me, hey man, this is what I'm cooking, this is what's happening. She didn't say that either. I got close enough that I smelled it and then I got excited. I mean, I already was tasting it before I got in there. You know what I'm saying? These are like the promises of God. Long before they actually get here, you have this anticipation, this excitement about holding on to them. That's where we've lost it in the church. We've actually gotten away from looking to the promises as if they were already here. Holding on to them like they were the powerful thing they were meant to be. When God spoke in the beginning and made a promise of a Messiah, he gave that to them not so that they would just have something, you know, to put on the books or something to teach. He gave that to them so that they would begin to feel comfort and to feel strength. In, in Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, when it goes through talking about the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. The very next verse says, Wherefore, 
comfort one another with these words. It brings comfort. Promises bring a sense of joy. It's like a gift wrapped up waiting to be opened. I used to love Christmas at our house. It was awesome with six kids. We literally, it was, we would start about 3.30 in the morning tapping on the wall. My room and the girls' room. See, I was the only boy, so I had my own room. And all five girls were jammed up in one room with bunk beds. <laughs> I loved it. But right about 3.30 in the morning, I'd start tapping. Debbie, you remember this. I'd start tapping, and then they'd tap back, and we'd get excited. I could hear all them girls cackling in there, and I'd say, shh, wake up, Mom and Dad. And then we're like, no, we want to wake them up. Okay. And we would wait and wait and wait and wait and wait until finally we heard a stirring. And then all of a sudden, our ears would be glued to the door, and I knew what was next. I'd start hearing things moving, racetracks going. That was mine. And then I'd hear, you know, their little Barbie, feed me, feed me. And I was like, okay, yeah. And all this is happening out there. And we're like, ah! And I'm going through the wall. And I'm like, are you guys out yet? No. We're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. Anticipating was so exciting. It really was. I mean, think about it. When, when she comes and opens the door, I mean, it's over. Practically. And since I was the oldest, I was always the first one. So I would stand. The girls had to be behind me. And I'd walk up, and then I'd stop in the hallway, you know, do that big brother thing. Wouldn't let them pass. And then we'd move forward, and I'd stop again. We'd get out there, and then as soon as you walk around that corner, I mean, with six kids, it looked like Toys R Us. I mean, it was all lit up. It was great. Everybody had a corner in our whole living room. There was a big, everybody had a corner, and there was my corner. I was so excited. I couldn't hardly stand it. But you know what I remember? Here it is all these years later, and I've learned to be adult about Christmas. But I still remember all those Christmases. I can tell you how I felt. I can tell you about the long anticipation and excitement. The anticipation killed me. I mean, it's almost like that. Well, not really, but it's kind of like, you know, that when your mom looks at you and says, after dinner. And you're like, oh, come on, mom. No, after dinner. Ice cream, after dinner, dessert, after dinner, go out and play, after dinner. But the anticipation is always, the, that's some of the best parts. And when God was putting together this plan, this design, he was literally mapping it all out for us and putting it together. He decided to just layer it with all kinds of promises so that you and I would look forward to anticipating and seeing what was coming and get excited about it. It was like unbelievable. I, I know in my own life when we, we preached this last week for Sister Darlene Carter and Brother Roger is here today. And Roger, we love you. I was preaching that message and I got to that part in there where I was talking about her walking on streets of gold, being tall and standing whole and being well. I got excited. I got excited in my own heart. I got I got. This kind of, I don't know, jubilation inside for what she was experiencing. And then I find as I'm getting older, I begin to get a little jealous of what she's experiencing. You know, she doesn't need a preacher anymore. Won't you be glad when you don't need a preacher anymore? 
You just don't need a preacher. Don't need faith anymore. Lay it down. Don't need that. I can't wait until I no longer have to sing about glory and I no longer have to preach about glory. I no longer got to read books and watch TV about glory. I'll love it when I stand there for myself, when I'm walking on the, ah, so that's what streets of gold look like. That's what walls of jasper look like. That's what the throne of Almighty God looks like. And I can't hardly wait to get in there where I can look him eye to eye, face to face, and hear him call my name. I can't wait until I see eyes as a flame of fire and hair as white light wool. I can't wait until I see him and meet him and embrace him for myself. And faith is no longer needed. These are the promises of God. In the Old Testament, they used to hang on to them and at nighttime by the hearth and the fireplace. They'd pull their kids together and they'd say, oh, one day, God's going to send a baby. Isaiah wrote about a little baby wrapped up in little swaddling cloths. He wrote about a hope that's coming. Children, hang on and don't lose heart. Don't lose faith now. I know the Egyptians are coming at us like terrorists. I know that it's too difficult down at the marketplace and the camels don't come cheap anymore. I realize times are a-changing, but listen, there's a hope of a promise that's coming. The Messiah is on his way. And can I tell you in 2014, hear it and hear it well, church of God, Jesus Christ, the risen Savior of the Lord, is on his way for his church. I'm excited. I am anticipating the event. It causes me to be filled with joy. His promises are real. Promises, promises are like two gifts in one. You ever thought about that? The anticipation is just as, I'm just as happy right now as if I was walking on streets of gold. I'll be happier when I'm there. But I sure feel good in my heart. My spirit bears witness with my my flesh that I am a child of God so I know that I can go over here to a promise that says that if I believe and confess him as my Savior, I belong to him. I'm part of the family grafted into the vine. I am part of the joint heir with Jesus Christ, my elder brother. I, oh, what is this? Do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Promise. That's a promise. Why? I agree with David. Why? Are you so downcast, oh my soul? Why are you downtrodden and depressed? Why are we worried about what happens out here in this world? At the end of the day, I understand and I know we must be diligent and we must be good citizens and we must do what we can as a Christian in our society. But listen, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, I'm leaving on a jet plane. I'd like to change that to chariot of fire. How about that? We do that. But I will rejoice now because of what's coming. I know what's coming. I'll endure and I'll get through the difficult days. And they are difficult days. It's hard to put a loved one 
uh, down that you, that you have loved so much and it's been a part of your life. It's hard when you lose a job. It's hard when things go wrong. It's, it's rotten in this life. We live in a sinful world. But there has been provision made through promise. There's been provision made through promise, one after the other. When you and I understand this, man, it causes us to feel the same jubilation that Abraham felt. You, re you read in John chapter 8 and verse 56 when Jesus was talking to the, to the folks and he said, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. All he had was a promise. He rejoiced to see the day. Why? Because he had two gifts. First, we anticipate it by the promise given. We validate it by the one who gave the promise. Now, you and I sometimes are not so good, are we, at keeping our promises. I'll, I'll meet you at noon. At 12.15, where are you? Or where am I? Sometimes we're not so good at that, but... We have found in the word of God and in my experience, I have found that he is always there right on time. He always comes through. It may not be my time like the song they sing, but he's an on-time God. He comes when it's right. He comes when the season is due. and When you and I are ready, we don't always know when we're ready. Then we experience it by realization. God gives twice by giving a promise. Let me say it again. God gives twice by giving a promise. First, he gives you the anticipation. He gives you the excitement. He gives you the faith to call those things that be not as though they were. Then he gives you the gift. He gave the Messiah as a hope, as a promise, and it came to fruition. He gives us the hope, the promise of his coming. And we'll see that come to fruition. I'm excited like Christmas when I think about the place that he's prepared for all of us. We embrace the hope of the promise knowing that it might not be fulfilled right away. But it will be fulfilled in his time. Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will never pass away. The love of God, the power of God. Jesus has said some awesome things, but the greatest things that he's ever said were promises to us because they, they literally give us the hope. I want to assure you this morning. I want your confidence to soar. I want you to feel like, man, the promises of God are solid and sure, reliable and living. God is good for his promise. He doesn't give a promise and you have a hope so mentality. He doesn't give you a promise and you can say, well, I mean, I hope that comes through. If God said it, it's already done. It's already over. You just got to get to the place where you can receive it. There is no turning back. There's no shadow of turning, the Bible says. He absolutely is good for his word. And 32,000 of them from Genesis to Revelation, I just kind of like what Genesis says in the beginning. When it says, in the beginning, God. That's the same way with his promises. In the beginning, God. God will always be the all in all for every promise. It's not up to you to fulfill it. It's not up to the church to fulfill it. It's not up to the pastor to make it so. Thank goodness. It is up to God to back up his word. And every word, every little thought, everything he's ever put down in a document or a tablet has always come 
come to pass. God is good for his word. Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto his people Israel. King Solomon wrote this, according to all that he promised. In other words, he's blessed and given rest unto the people according to all that he promised. Wow, his promises give us blessing and rest, meet every need, touch us along our way. There hath not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. The matter of God's promises, a fact, they're not opinion. His word is infallible. I would stand to defy and find anyone. I haven't met a living soul yet in all my years. And there are others that have been serving God much longer than me. I have known through the years other saints who have went on to glory. And they have never shared with me or given me any inclination that there's ever been anyone who has ever stayed faithful and true to God and held on that God's promises failed them. I've never met anybody who repented on their deathbed because they trusted in God. I've never met anyone who even came to death. Sometimes we're so afraid of death, but I remember Sister Alice Wright. Sister Wright was, how many remember Sister Wright, Alice Wright? I was there, able to be with her right before she passed, me and our pastor emeritus, Brother Watkins. We were there in the room, little 80 pounds is all she had left to her little frail body there in her little Pentecostal hairdo piled up white and high on her head. She raised up off that, off that little bed and began to pray in an unknown tongue. And she began to lift both hands and she was looking at somebody. I don't know who it was, but you know what? I walked away saying, oh, the promises of God are sure and amen. In the, in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The promises of God are for real, for sure. And in my experience, I've never found anyone who can stand and testify. The ones who have ever tried to turn their back on God have done it in rebellion, have done it in walking away, have done it in backsliding, have done it in all kinds of failure on their part. But never once has anybody ever stood to testify in court or in church and say that he has failed in any one promise. I have found him there in the valley. I have found him there when I've been on the mountain. I have found him there in the midst of of the desert and I found him in the trenches of the rainforest. As a matter of fact, just a few weeks ago I was on this cruise and many of you know about that and we were, we were in uh, St. Lucia. And me and Rob, a couple of us, we were over here and, and there were several in our group. Devin was in that group and we were literally, we, we were climbing this mountain in, in St. Lucia. We got on this tram and we rode all the way to the top of this rainforest. We saw things. We were looking for monkeys and gorillas and lions. We were looking for everything. We got off that thing, and we ended up on a platform, and yes, your pastor did this. I put on a, 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 a cable, and I hooked it up to, a, to a, a cable that went all the way down through the rainforest, and I went, woo! Went down forever, bouncing on that thing. It scared the living daylights out of me at first. Got down there, got to another platform. They'd jerk us out of there, slap on to another cable, and there we go. Ten whole big platforms. One of them was a drop over the tarantula's nest, which I won't even talk about. There was, they said, over a thousand tarantulas in this one little nest. 
And here we were hanging onto a rope, swinging across it. I hate spiders. <laughs> Believe me, I, hang, I hung onto that rope real good. One girl hung onto it. She just kept like a, like a pendulum, just going back and forth. But we got to one platform after another. We, this young man that was with us, we kept laughing and talking with him and sharing. And he found out that we were from a church group and I was a pastor. And we got all the way through. We got about to the sixth or seventh, eighth platform. And we got to that last platform. And I kept talking with him and sharing with him. And I sensed that right there in the middle of St. Lucia in the Virgin Islands, clear down by the equator, I just felt like God was there. I was watching him. I was talking to him. I knew I was making a connection with him. I looked at him and he said, Pastor, would you pray with me? I said, I will. And we stood right there in the middle of the rainforest, in the middle of a platform, in the middle where there's nobody to see, no, nobody around, no audience anywhere. We grabbed hands in a little circle on a platform. Wasn't no bigger than this corner right here. And we all stood right there and prayed for that young man. Tears in his eyes. He reached over, grabbed hold of the thing as he was our, our guide. And he went first. And he, he looked at me and he smiled real big with tears in his eyes. He said, I feel different already. And he went flying down through there. I may never see him again, but it doesn't matter. The promises of God are sure. The promises of God will chase you down wherever he's got to find you. That's the awesome thing about God. His promises are just true. You can lean on him, depend on him, standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing on the promises of Christ, my King, through eternal ages, let his praises ring. Glory in the highest, I will shout and sing, standing on the promises of God. Verse 2, standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God I shall prevail, standing on the promises of God. I challenge every one of you under my voice this morning to get a little vision of what I'm talking about. If we'll ever get to the place in 2014 where we remember what he said, when we remember what his word declares, when we start holding up, this thing is a promise already in our hand, a, a gift before we ever get it. I can look at the devil tomorrow morning when life comes rolling in and I can say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, my Lord. And I have been made an overcomer. I can say that and know that it's not just a scripture I'm trying to fight the devil off with. People, devil, get away. Greater is he that's in me. No. That word of God, it's not there for you to just go cat fighting with the devil. That word is there for you to stand flat-footed with your, with your feet in the dirt, looking right at the devil and say, the Bible says if I resist you, you will flee from me. The Bible tells me that I am greater by the power in me. I can do anything, and I won't move. I won't back down. I don't need to raise my hand. The word of God is your defense. Amen. Do you believe that? Come on, give the Lord praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Great and mighty is our God. He can heal cancer. It don't matter what they say. He can still do it. 
He can do anything. That's why we get excited. That's why it touches our heart. That's why the power of the Spirit of God is able to move in this house. That's why a young man steps out this morning to get saved because the power of the promise is already here. He said in his word, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. The power of the promise. The power of the promise. Praise God. The laws of nature may suddenly come crashing and fall into a halt. The sun and the moon and the stars may dim their lights. The electricity in all the world may fail. Everything that you know and have confidence in and trust may die on the vine. But not one word of God's will ever be found unfaithful. Murphy's Law may even turn around. But not one word of God's will fail to be performed. This is the air that I breathe. The Holy Spirit of God. For my word is the rock that my church is built upon. My words are life and strength, power for you in this hour. Trust and know that I will lead you, says the Lord, to a great, great place of victory. I will make sure your enemies are conquered. I will be the one who promotes. I will be the one who releases. I can do all things. You must trust and know that it is my promise. It is not the world's ideas nor philosophies that you lean upon. Do not lean on your own thinking and try to rationalize. But I, I, says God, am the king of all power and victory. Look to me today, church. I desire to empower you. I desire to lead you into a place of victory that will be yours for eternity. Hallelujah. Stand with me this morning. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The Living Bible says don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs. Don't forget to thank him for his answers. Standing on the promises of God. The promises of God that are sure. The promises of God that are like two gifts in one. He wants you to experience the anticipation, the excitement. He wants you to plan now, live now as if you already have it. 
new life, new strength, victory, healing, deliverance. Some of you here today need delivered from substance abuse. Some of you need God to get involved in your marriage. Everything's falling apart around you and you have done everything you know to do. Some of you have been feeling for a long time. I'm speaking to someone you, you've been feeling for a long time like something is wrong inside your body physically, but you are scared to death to go to the doctor. My goodness, I don't even know who I'm speaking to. God wants to touch you this morning. The promises of God are sure. He wants to take away the fear that you have. and He wants to heal you. The Lord is here to do that today. I believe that you are standing right now in a place, church, where God is going to show himself mighty and powerful on your behalf as you trust and lean on, test, prove his promises. Take his promises home with you. Get them back out again and mull over them and pray over them, meditate over them, accept them and embrace them. Promises as good as apple pie in the window. It's good as Christmas morning on the night before. The promises of God are here for you today. Just as alive and just as powerful in this moment as they were the very first time that they were ever spoken or written. And they're here for you. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, if you're here today and you'd say, preacher, I'm that person, I need the promises of God to be fulfilled in my life. I need to hang on to the promises that I already know about. I've kind of let them down because I hadn't seen anything. I've just kind of quit on God. I've laid it down, and I want to pick it back up today. Can he forgive me for that? Yes, he can. He's here today to do that. If you're here today and that's you, would you just slip up your hand and then write back down? Amen. Amen. God bless you. If you're here today and you need Christ, you need Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you need to make things right with God. If you're here today and you want to pray a prayer to receive him into your life and fix your life, then I want to see your hand go up. We're going to pray for you in just a moment. Are you here? Anyone at all? All right. Church, how are we? How are we in this hour? Do we trust him in, in all of the fullness of every promise? Have we let down our own anticipation? Are we waiting for the fulfillment? And we're not satisfied with the waiting, the anticipating? Are you looking for his coming? Are you looking for the promises of God to be fulfilled in your life? There thousands of them in, in his word. Do you know what they are? Have you mulled over them and prayed over them? Have you allowed the Lord to bring them alive in your own heart of faith? Amen. I pray for us today that we will be excited and challenged as never before to understand and know the promises of God. Oh, to let them build new life in us and strengthen us and touch us to be powerful representatives of him in this world. So that people see you and want what you got. Lord, let it be so today, I pray in Jesus' name. For these that have lifted their hand, I would ask you today, if you would, 
everyone, would you please just for a moment, we're going to end in prayer. It's 15 minutes after 12. Come and meet me in this altar this morning for closing prayer. Would you come to the altar? Would you just come for a moment right now all over the congregation? Don't wait. Hear my cry, O Lord. Attend unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth will I cry out to And when, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, that is higher than I, that is higher than I. Thank you, Lord. Would you reach over now and just lightly, very politely, just touch someone beside you, either they're on the shoulder there or right there by their arm. To me. A high tower. A high tower, Lord, against the enemy. Against the enemy, Lord. Sing that out. And when my heart That is higher than I. That is higher than I. That is higher than I. Father, right now we come before you this morning. We hold fast to the promises of God. As Paul declared when the time of his departure had come, I have fought a good fight, I have kept the faith, and I have finished my race. I pray today that you will touch and minister, Lord, by your Holy Spirit and by every promise that you've already made. I pray, Lord, that the presence and power of the Spirit of God will move into our circumstances and begin to change our attitude as we begin to anticipate and expect, Lord, that things are going to change, that your provision is going to be there, your delivering power is going to be there, that, Lord, your provision, your promotion, it's going to be there for your people. Touch today, we pray in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ. Touch our brothers, our sisters, every family that's represented. Touch us today by the power of your Holy Spirit and lead us into that place of absolute victory. And we praise you forevermore. We'll never, Lord, give credit to men or to any organization, but God, we give you all the praise, all the honor, and all of the glory. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody together said amen. Amen. Won't you give the Lord praise this morning? That is Amen. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? As you go today, we do want to remind you really quick, if you're able to, Friday and Saturday at 10 o'clock, we'll be decorating the church for Christmas. And also, if you're new to our church, within the last three months, we are having meet and greet. We are going to dismiss our pastor and our staff to go back in the choir room. If you've been here for the last three months and you'd like to get to meet us, get to know us a little bit, we invite you to come over and spend some time with us. Thank you all. God bless. Have a wonderful day.